Welcome, everybody, to Tim and Tim Talks. That's another episode in 2022. We are so happy that you are tuned in. And of course, as my namesake says, I can't do this alone. Tim Kerbavaz. Did I say that correct, Tim? It's Kerbavaz, Tim, but Kerbavis. we'll work on that. We got a few more episodes to work on. We can work on the kinks here. But, Tim, what are we talking about today? Let's talk about trends. Let's. You and I have the, the good fortune of communicating with a lot of different people over the spectrum of production from the client side to productions, small and large, to venues. So what do we see happening? And Tim, the first thing that I see happening here, and please don't, don't call me uh, you know, somebody that's stuck in my ways, but I think we're going to go back to how we did business prior to. And what I'm using as a gauge here is June is 2021, when the events started to come back, how quickly everybody went back to events, how things were being planned, and how similar they felt. It's like all the lesson learned from virtual event productions were not being applied to in-person. What do you think on that, Tim? I've seen that. I've seen that. Um, my hope and in, in many ways, my prediction for this year is that uh, some of those lessons that we've learned will stick around. And the biggest of that is, to me, that the line between your conference's broadcast and television is a circle, right? That there's very little distinction between what you're doing as a broadcast of a conference or you know an online version of a conference and you know, network TV. And so when we think about... Um, but now we say network TV. Now, you don't mean that you have to have the budget of a network TV, but you have to think as a television show in a sense, correct? Well, I'm talking about things like the flow of the event, things like correct. the way that we use cameras and light. You know, um, those are all yep. things that, you know, and, and frankly, the local news is using Zoom and FaceTime for contributions. So it's not like really the technologies are even different. No. I, I think it's... The methodology, the way that you that you call the show, the way that you design the show is different uh, from the way that many clients have traditionally thought of ballroom events. And so, you know, I would say the challenge that I'm going to propose and, and my hope for the next year is that, you know, when we think about uh, planning an event with an interim experience, that the web video is not just an afterthought, that we're not just yes. sticking a camera at the back of the room, as you said, right? And, you know, just dialing into a stream and calling that Call a hybrid that event. That right? is not a hybrid event. That is not a virtual event. That is sort of documenting of the event. And right. that is a broadcast of what we call one too many, and which is perfectly fine. But let's like have a common definition of what a virtual event is. Virtual events, is, as we understand it, Tim, is sort of a dynamic and fluid conversation where we remotely get to communicate with the audience sort of on an equal plane. If you're putting that camera in the back of the ballroom and you're streaming it to a platform and they just have like a little chat, I don't, that's that's how we've done it before the pandemic. There's nothing different about that. So I, I think the key there is when when designing the flow of the event, think about what are the ways that your web audience, uh, you know, is going to best interact with the content and yep. design the overlap of the schedule between the in-person and the online in such a way that it maximizes both the experience and the attention spans of both audiences. Think about the ways that, you know, maybe your keynote really needs to be broadcast to everyone synchronously, but think about the ways that, you know, maybe, you know, your breakout content, your other interactive content, you know, is going to 
meet your audiences in different places. And so really designing the experience for the web with the same level of care and attention that you're putting into, you know, the seating chart in the ballroom. And that leads to the second point, Tim. And this is the next thing that we're going to now have people that are have a firm and established way of doing their online events. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to sort of listen to the trusted and recommended online platforms that may better serve their needs. There's been a lot of innovation and technology gains over the past 18 months to two years that um, I feel, you know, folks are just risk adverse and they're not willing to take a chance. And, you know, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it in a sense. Right. Right. There's so many opportunities out there. And I think that people are just, you know, zoom is not the right platform for everything, but it is a great platform and we love it. We use it all the time. You know, what do you think, Tim, how are we going to get our, our audience to embrace new technologies that are trusted? Right. And and we've touched on this before. There's so many technologies and it's a really scary landscape like do we trust these platforms what do they do is the feature set work you know we talked about you know sometimes the features don't work so i understand the trepidation and the comfort level with sticking with zoom the the challenge is going to be you know as you think about again that you know um thinking about the experience that your audience is going to have you know how do you maximize that? And, you know, and, and to be clear, right, Zoom has advanced a lot in their events landscape. They're really pushing into being an event product, but those features are fairly new. And so when we're thinking about, you know, um, how to do a virtual hybrid event, um, think about, you know, it's not just a Zoom meeting or a Zoom webinar, are we looking at whether it's the event platform from Zoom, whether it's products like Hopin or, you know, the other big name event platforms, you know, what are the ways that, you know, these tools, uh, you know, that have grown and become so much more, yes. more robust over the last year, you know, really maximizing your audience's experience in yes. both cases. A hundred percent. Well said, Tim. Now let's go to the let's go to the the last one here then that I have is remote broadcast mm. productions. I I'm very excited about this with all the learnings and technology advances. I have been uh, sort of a champion of trying to get remote productions. And what I mean by that is just sending out a camera crew and bringing back feeds to our control room. And, you know, what I've been finding is that I'm not saving the clients as much money as I thought. And I think it really comes down to sort of the scale of the event. If it's just, you know, one ballroom and a couple cameras, remote might actually be more expensive. But if it's at Moscone Center and it's like, you know, the second floor and it's the third floor and there's all these remote components, then I believe it's a different sort of scenario. So I'm excited to see more remote integration happening. What do you think about remote integration? So I've been working on productions in the last couple of weeks, even where we've had studios all over the world, you know, San Francisco, New York, Florida, you know, Rio de Janeiro, and, you know, connecting them all together through one central control room to switch a show and make it a unified broadcast. And, and I think that there's a tremendous power in bringing lots of places together into one place. As you point out, you know, for a, a relatively small show with just one room, it, it may not make sense. But when we're talking about globe spanning events, we're talking globe about, events. you know, people presenting from lots of different places, 
you know, I, I think there's a real power in that. And and I can say, I mean, I think, you know, may, maybe in the corporate space, this is new. TV sports has been using this for, you know, golf tournaments, you know, soccer yes. games for years to, in order to reduce production costs and increase efficiency. We're Pac-12 can... is being a big, uh, big innovator. I remember right. hearing about this years ago. They have installed fiber connections to all of their stadiums, and now they send out a limited crew. But, you know. It's not it's not a bare bones crew, and I think that's sort of the education there. Right? Is it still actually you still have to send camera operators, you still have to send audio out there, right? Uh, and then you plug into the switcher, so you only maybe save even on that that sort of like a Pac-12, like one or two positions that you can utilize in a studio. So case yeah. by case, absolutely case by case. But I, you know, I think on that level where it gives you that one control room for the whole network and all those arenas, that really helps, you know, streamline and, and provide efficiencies of scale. And, and so I think those are the kinds of things where we look at corporate events that are, you know, moving around a lot, or, you know, you want that uniformity and you want a consistent, you know, video broadcast crew, uh, or you want specific features like those, you know, connecting multiple sites. Those are the, yeah. those are the cases where that's coming. And, and I agree with you. I think it doesn't fit every case, but I do think that's really one of the really hot topics for this year is that what, what's the, the, the technical term is Remy is the, the acronym. If you hear that is, is remote, this kind of remote broadcast where we have a centralized control room, uh, controlling cameras remotely. So there we have it, Tim, we're, 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 we're putting it out there. Yeah. We're putting our reputations <laughs> on the line here with these trends. So let's check back in. Let's actually take a look and see what happens, you know, in 12 months. And you know, what did we actually do? Are we actually going to events? Are we bringing event feeds back to here? It's interesting. The theme of what we're talking about is essentially signal flow. Where do these originate? How do we send them? How do we come back? It's exciting. Yeah. No one knows the answer. So let's make sure that we, we, we review this episode in 12 months and see actually what happened. And call us out on that. Come back to us and call say, us you know, yeah, tell us right Hit now. Us you don't, with, you don't think, do you think this is going to happen that way or yeah. come back to us in, in a year and, you know, let us know how we did. Put your um, reputation on the yeah, line. as Totally. <laughs> and with that, you know, we've got our, our social media channels. You can reach out to us here if you have any questions, comments, you know, uh, fan mail, hate mail, uh, and, and, you know, reach out yeah. to us. Please do share our our video if you have anyone else who might get some uh a laugh out of these predictions at least or or some value um you know and and join us in the next one right and, on and with that i am tim k and i'm tim kerbavis see you next time